Praise the Lord. Let's continue our worship in the Word of God. <clears throat> we have been studying the topic of love in this month of February. And last week, we studied extensively what love is and how God's love is the only true love. Well, you probably heard many times uh, from everywhere that we say that God loves us and, and He loves you the way that you are. Um, and we hear this all the time, and it is true. God is the only true love, and God is, um, He is love. But today, as we zoom in and focus on God's love and its attributes or characteristics, uh, my prayer is that we will learn more about God's love so that we will learn to love like Him as His people in Christ Jesus. And when we hear this phrase, God loves us, that we will know exactly what, he, what we are talking about and we will know what God's love is. So today, I would like to bring about seven attributes or characteristics of God's love so that we will learn about God's love. Amen? Are we ready? First of all, what we need to understand is this about God's love. God's love is holy. Everyone say holy. When we say holy, holy actually means, literally it means, transcendent, unique. Uh, there's none like. Uh, it's beyond. That's what the holy actually means. And the Bible is very clear. God is holy and also his love is holy. And when we say his love is holy, meaning his love is transcendent, his love is beyond, his love is none other, when we say that, I think there are two things that many people bring in, two ideas. First of all, his unconditional love, meaning he does not love based on our conditions or based on our performance, but he loves because of his being. He is love. So it's not, he, something is causing him to love. Something is uh, the pushing him to love. He is love. That's why often we use this phrase or this uh, word, the term unconditional love. But I will clarify that. But we still use that, meaning God's love is holy and unconditional. His love is not based upon our performance or condition. Ontologically, God is love. And also, when we say literally God's love is holy, it means it's unchanging. He's steadfast love. He's holy. It doesn't change. Lamentation 3.22 said, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. The great is His faithfulness. His steadfast love. His love is holy, therefore is unchanging. He is, he ontologically, in his nature, God is love. So he does not stop loving. Unchanging love of God. That is the literal point, literal meaning of when we say God's love is holy. But when we say God's love is holy, there's uh, another aspect that we need to understand is in terms of morality. 
When we say God's love is holy, it means it's just and right. His love is based on justice and righteousness. If you look at Psalm 89, verse 14, righteousness and justice are the foundation of your throne, of your love and faithfulness. The love and faithfulness go before you. Notice his love is not based on his, his emotion. His love is not uh, just based on something. It's based on justice and righteousness. Meaning his love is right, his love is just. That's why the Bible is very clear. God detests sin and evil. He's ontologically he loves, but he does not love evil, injustice, or unrighteousness. His love is very clear. In that sense, his love is conditional. He is clearly loves without caused by anything else unconditionally. However, unconditional love does not mean unconditional tolerance. I think we need to be very clear. Just because you love someone, it does not mean that you can tolerate anything that that person does. So, yes, God's love is unconditional, holy. His love is un, uh, unchanging. But also, his love is just and right. We have to clarify that. Because a lot of times when we think about God's love in our culture, it's like we're talking about unconditional tolerance. Oh, God will love you no matter what you do. He hates sin. He hates those who do evil. It's very clear in the Bible. But he loved those who return to God and repent before God and come before God. He's, he loves. He doesn't stop loving but he, at the same time, his love is just and right. That's when we say God's love is holy. Amen. We have to clarify that. Secondly, God's love is not just holy. It's actually faithful and true. I should say pointing at the true. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 6, it says, The love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God's love is actually based on truth. His love is not based on mere emotion or feelings. No. Thus, his love is forever steadfast upon the truth of his character, truth of his promise, truth of his attributes, truth of his ontological being, truth of his word. So he's being true to his character when we say God does not stop loving because he is love. So he is true to his character. His love is based on truth. And if his love is based on truth, his love is exclusive as truth is exclusive. He's faithful to love his people. People who respond to him with faith. And if you want to receive and experience his love, you must respond to his love. And he wants to forgive and save all the people out of his love, but this does not mean that he loves anyone who does whatever they like. God detests those who do evil. 
Yet his love is reserved for those who come to him in repentance, those who are respond to his love. So he's the one who is continually, unconditionally wants to love and continue to love. But in order for you to experience the truth of his love, you have to believe and respond to him. So he is continued to love people. But, but if the people un, want to understand and experience his love, his grace, and his true of, him, true of his love, we need the, the people must respond to him as well. The fullness of his love is exclusive toward those who believe and come to him. That's why Deuteronomy chapter 7 verse 9 says, Know therefore that the Lord your God is God, the faithful God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. So maybe in that sense you might say, his love sounds like conditional to those who actually respond to him. But in order for you to understand, my brothers and sisters, in order for us, in order for the love relationship to be established, it has to be mutual, right? In order for you to experience his unconditional love, yes, he loves you, but if you want to experience his love, you need to repent and return to him. And when you do, he will forgive you, and he will accept you, he will wash you, he will cleanse you, he will transform you, and he will, then you will understand fullness of his love, because he is love. So we have to understand, my brothers and sisters, God's love is true. It's based on truth. Amen? Now, I'm going to move on. Number three, God's love is giving or generous. How does God's love is expressed? Well, the Bible is very clear. God loves, therefore, he gave his son, he gave his son to this world, giving his son. God's love is ultimately expressed through his son, Jesus Christ. How do we know God really loves unconditionally for those, for the people in this world? Well, to the, for all the sinners and all those who do evil, God gives his son so that whoever believes in him, whoever comes to him, shall not be punished but have eternal life. And that is the truth. Again, God's love is based on truth. Yet his love is very giving and generous. Did you know, my brothers and sisters, if you really love somebody, you give. If you love something, you actually give. If you love to play a game, you give your time. If you really love to, to, to love your wife and your husband, you will give something. That is why you will notice the people, they want to buy gift to one another as an expression. Again, the love is giving. Therefore, ladies, if your man or if you're someone who says that they love you, but they never give you anything, think again. Don't be fooled. Uh, if you love someone, it's very natural to wanting to give something. Give their time, attention, give things, whatever. 
That's why the Bible says we ought to give one another, meaning we give ourselves to one another. That's exactly what marriage is, the husband giving himself to the wife, wife giving herself to the husband. That's exactly what it means to raise our children, is that we give our lives, we give everything, right? Gladly, because we love them. And that's what it is. If we really love God, we give our time. If we really love God, we give our finance, the offering. We give our, if you really love God, you will give your talents. You will give your dreams. You will be willing to give your heart and everything because you love him. Again, how did God love us? The Bible is clear. He demonstrated his love for us by giving himself to us. You might say, Lord, I want this, I want that. But you know what? He gave, not just things. You know what he, what he gave to us? He gave himself to us by giving his own son. And what can we ask God more when he gave himself to us through his son, Jesus Christ? So God's love is giving and generous. Therefore, we ought to love like God. Love one another like God. How? By giving. Giving each other service. Giving each other what? The things that we need. We give our time. We give our heart. We give our dreams to the Lord and serve the Lord and his kingdom. And that's how we can express the love that we have received from the Lord. Because God's love is giving. Amen? Fourthly, as we continue, God's love is sacrificial. A little bit different understanding here. Different point. God, God's love is generous and giving. At the same time, God's love is sacrificial. God did not just give his son to us. He sacrificed his son to us. He was willing to let go of his son. He's willing to, to sacrifice his son on the cross. If you love someone, you sacrifice if you love something, you sacrifice. You don't just give. You, you're willing to sacrifice. That's why I can say, as a man, we should love our wives and our kids literally, sacrificially, willing to die. That's why sometimes I tell my kids, you know, I can die for you. Because they're so young, sometimes they don't understand and they don't like it. Don't say that you will die. But you know what I mean. I'll be willing to give everything for you. Because you're my kids. Again, his true love, God's love is sacrificial. First John chapter 3, verse 16 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Did you know, my brothers and sisters, if God's love is sacrificial and he gave his love to us, we ought to love with sacrifice. With a sacrifice, we ought to sacrifice for one another. That's why exactly what First John three sixteen says. Isn't it interesting? John chapter three sixteen. God so loved the world, gave His only Son. Right now, First John three sixteen. How we love? How do? We, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us. God's love is sacrificial. And John continues to talk to us, we ought to lay down our lives. Not just for God, for those who love. Who? 
our brothers and sisters. Wow. Romans 5, 8, it says, But God showed how much he loved us by having Christ die for us. Again, sacrifice. sacrifice. Even though we were still sinful. God's love is sacrificial. And this is something that challenge means the most. Am I willing to sacrifice? If I understand the sacrificial love of God, do I want to? Do I, am I willing to sacrifice my life for God's people, for God, for my family? Very hard. Later on, we'll talk about this, how this love is possible. But we clearly know God's love is sacrificial. So when somebody says to you, God loves you, I hope that you don't just understand, oh, he loves me, I feel good about myself. No. When we know that when God says, I love you, it means I sacrifice myself for you. I'm, I will be more than willing to die for you. That's what it means. Therefore, when we say we love someone, you need to understand the the, the weight of the term love. Are you willing to die and sacrifice for that person? I think in our generation, we don't understand the weight, the gravity of love. We just throw out the love so rashly in, in a shallow level. Oh, I love this. I love that. Oh, I love you. Young boys always tells young girls, really? Do you know what it means to love? It means you are willing to sacrifice. You're willing to die for that person. That is true love, God's love. So God's love is sacrificial. Now, this love, the point number five is this, God's love is available. His love is available. Amazing. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, and whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. My brothers and sisters, one thing we know for sure, God's love is available for everyone, everyone who will believe in him. Whoever believes in this love shall not perish but have eternal life. Notice his love is available, meaning his love is inclusive. Again, his object of is exclusive for God's people, for those who will come to him, those who will mutually come back to him and respond to his love. Yes, but at the same time, his love is inclusive. You know what it means? It means anyone can come to love God. Anyone can repent and come to know God. Anyone can come. And whoever believes in him shall not perish. Even those who are doing evil in the past, unthinkable evil, they really, really repent of their heart, of their sin, and come back to Christ and give their lives to Christ. He can, they can receive the love of God. His love is available. Isn't it amazing? Again, his love is unconditional, meaning he loves. Not, his love is not based on 
condition of our lives. He's willing to accept you if you return. Again, also is a conditional uh, component there. You must return to him. You must believe in him. His love is available. And how often we neglect this. And so many people, they accuse Christian faith. Man, only one way, Jesus. And Jesus is the only one that you need to believe to be saved and to receive his love. That's not fair. Well, it's, it's very exclusive and narrow. Well, truth in itself, in definition, by definition, it is narrow. It is exclusive. Again, his love is what? Based on truth. Right? Faithful and true. So it has to be that way. Yet, I'll tell you, our faith is the most inclusive. His love is most inclusive, meaning whoever comes to him, anyone can come to him, believe him, and receive his love. Anyone. Thus, we, we should not give up on those who are, uh, give up on people knowing Christ and receiving the love of Christ. So keep praying for those who do not know Jesus. Who knows, someday God will use you continuously to reach out to someone and anyone can come to know Jesus. So his love is available. Let us continue. Point number six, God's love is empowering. Here comes the enablement of the Holy Spirit. If you look at 1 John chapter 3, 16, it says, this is how we know what love is, that Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for one, our brothers and sisters. Romans 5, 5, hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given us, given to us. What does it mean? It means his love is empowering so that he can empower us to love others. When we talk about the point that God's love is sacrificial, that we need to love like him, meaning the true love, when we love somebody, we are willing to sacrifice. And it is difficult. It is almost impossible because we are in our nature selfish. We call it sinful nature. It's all about you, all about how you feel. But how do we reverse that? How do we say, I love someone, I love God, and I love my people, and I'm willing to die, I'm willing to sacrifice. How is it possible? It's possible only through his love, because his love is empowering. Because of his, his love we have received, with his love we can be able to love others with sacrifice. We can love others we can be available. We can be sacrificial. We can be generous in giving. Oh, how not generous we are, right? We are not generous. So much we are so stingy. Even between the husband and the wife, even amongst families, even among in the, within the church. Are we generous? Because if we love, we, we are generous. We must be generous. Again, how is it possible? All these things are impossible for us to display God's love in our life. Well, the Bible says, 
Hope does not put us to shame because his love has been poured out upon your heart through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And because of the Holy Spirit given to us, we are able to what? Love like Christ. The Holy Spirit enables us to love. 1 John 4, 9 through 11, as we continue to read in this in this. The love of God was made manifest amongst us that God sent his son into the world so that we might live through him. And in this is love, not that we have loved God, but he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also love to one another. What John is saying basically is this. As God has poured out and loved you, loved us through Christ Jesus, now we ought to love one another with the power of Holy Spirit, with the power of Christ. So God's love is empowering. And only way that we can really love right is through God's love. That's why we say God's love is empowering. So when somebody says to you, God loves you, no, you should be empowered as, as Christians who understands the truth of God's love. And through his power, we'll be able to love. And it is my prayer we will continue to display in and through our lives the love of Christ as we receive empowering love of Christ. Amen. Last but not least, is God's love is eternal. Psalm 136, verse 1 says, Giving, Give thanks to the Lord because he is good. His love is eternal. His love is eternal. And in a way, this is the perfect summary of God's love. His love is eternal. It's never ending. His, his love is obsessive and he will never give up on us. He will never give up on us. That's why no matter what, no matter how, what we are going through, no matter how, how we struggle in our lives, no matter how we experience failures to love, well, we know that he will never give up on you because he love is, his love is eternal. What we need to, however, is this, how would you respond to his love? His love is eternal. His love is available. His love is sacrificial. His love is true to his character. He will never end. He will be eternal. It's unconditional. How would you respond to that? If we do not respond to his love, you will never understand. And you will never be able to know and experience his love. So how would you respond to his love? If you look at John chapter 1, this is how the world responds to his love. Even though he says, even though Jesus, the light of the world, was in the world, world did not recognize him. World did not accept him. The world hated him and rejected him. That's how they respond to God's love. No wonder they will never understand. They will never be able to experience this love 
available for them because they simply reject his son, Jesus Christ. Now, what about us? How would we respond to his love? And we all know his love is holy. His love is righteous. His love is just. His love is sacrificial. His love is available. His love is empowering. His love is eternal. Yes, we know. Now, how would you respond to it? If you do not respond to his love, you will never understand. You will never be able to receive his love. You need to respond to his love. You need to give yourself to the Lord. You need to come to know who he is. And I think that is the biggest problems in our lives. Why is that we do not understand his love many times as we live our daily lives? Why do we do this? Why do we live such a defeated Christian life? Because we fail to respond to his love. And it is my prayer, as we are trying to understand God's love according to the Bible, the Scripture, are we willing to come back, return, repent, and give our lives to Him so that we can experience His love and grace? Let us not fall into this trap of understanding His love in a shallow level. Only emotional level. No. Do you know his love? In his depth. In his power. And would you willing to respond to him? And it is my prayer, all of us. We will respond to his love. We will give our lives to him. We will return to him. We will repent before him. We will receive thus his love for us. Amen. Let's pray.